When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 63. 63, Connor. Who is 63? I don't even know. Yeah, you have to, I'm going to, uh, check hockey reference real quick. Um, give me a second. Yeah. Just let's take yeah. some here. Give me, give me a second. I got you. Yeah, I'll, I'll make, I'll, I'll make sure you check. Uh, I want I'm on Firefox and it's acting up, so I'll have oh, to go back to it. So Firefox. We'll, we'll, we'll edit this back in. Yeah, we'll edit it back in. Anyways, it is the Brad Marchand episode. Of Poke the Bear, I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. All of this is presented by BetUS. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? I am doing fantastic. It is starting to get cold this time of year. Uh, I was saying to you before we got on, waking up early this morning, like 45 degrees. Uh, and what's funny is we think it's cold now. Wait like a month. You know, exactly. in a month, we'll be killing for 45 degrees. So right. That's maybe I should enjoy it. That's the problem is like we go from like you get to September and you think when you get around this time, everything's going to drop to like that perfect like, you know, 60, 65, 70. No, you get either like the last vestiges of the summer where it's 95 or then it just rains. And then we go right yes. from that to like I'll deal with 45. Yeah, I'll enjoy a nice brisk morning. But like, as you said, we're going to have like two, three weeks of like 50s, 60s and then it's going to go right into like 38 one day. Yeah, we, I feel like, you know, September has some good weather, as you said, but then it's like there are days when it's just blaring hot. And also we get to that time of year where it's like freezing in the morning, but then come midday, it's kind of warm. You walk and out and like you have your full again. coat and you're just drenched in sweat. Yeah, not great. Yeah, not great. It's a weird time of year. I, people, fall, I can't tell if fall's overrated or not. You know, everyone like loves fall and I, I fall's good, but is fall overrated? I think that's the question. That we should be asking. Um, if we didn't have a lot to talk about, which we do have a lot of Bruin stuff to talk about, thank God. Thank God it's not uh, September of last year, which was – I don't even remember what we talked about last September. I can't imagine there was much. Um, actually, no. Wasn't that around free agency? Right? Uh, yeah, then, leading into – I think it was early October, I want to say, is when free agency started. So was. we're probably like, all right, Krug's going to be back. Tara's obviously going to be back. So what are we waiting Oh, yeah. For? Yeah, last year didn't really happen. Nothing. What even happened last year? I have no, no idea. Um, anyways, we'll start the show with Jack Stadnika. Uh, Jack Stadnika, uh, in his first preseason game, scores a goal on a line with Fabian Lysel and Jesper uh, Broden. Uh, looked really good. He's a lot bigger. But again, it goes back to my point of, is he go? How does he fit into this lineup? 
Yeah, I mean, he definitely still has a, an uphill climb uh, in terms of cracking, you know, the NHL lineup with a defined role out of camp, right? Because, you know, we, we've talked about, obviously, uh, not a lot of people are, are mentioning this part of Jasta Nika, but what I heard, he actually worked out quite a bit in, like, the, the Boston area, Foxborough. And he put on what people are telling me, like, 15 pounds. No one's talking got- about this. He got he bigger. Got, yeah, yeah. He got yoked this offseason. <laughs> so people aren't talking about it. But that, you could probably say, has led to a little bit of his stronger play on the ice so far. Joking aside, we've talked about this before in terms of, uh, you know, falling down the rabbit hole or, you know, maybe overvaluing a player based on what they did in the offseason or people, you know, with the, the best shape of my life, that, that discourse you get every single preseason. And you always have to be skeptical with it, right? Because... Sure, of course it's going to be better for him, especially a guy like Sonique who got knocked around last year. You wanted to be putting on some weight. However, it remained to be seen if it was going to actually translate to him on the ice. Um, again, just one preseason game, but I think you have to be encouraged by what you saw from Sonique in that game against the Rangers. Uh, for, for a guy like him, he's never really been one to avoid you know, bringing the puck into grade A ice. The problem is in years past, he would do that and get immediately knocked outside or, you know, be separated from the puck very easily. Um, so this game against the Rangers, he gets, you know, he buries the goal in transition off of a great play with uh, Fabian Lysel. Um, nice ozone faceoff win leads to a goal from back in Ainen with the primary assist to Stanika. So it's good to see him get rewarded in the score sheet. But beyond that, I think just the basic eye test of being more assertive with the puck. And I think maybe being more confident with it too, which I think, you know, goes into the fact that he's bulked up quite a bit, that he's comfortable with operating in great A ice, you know, absorbing contact, fighting through guys, and still, you know, keeping that puck in that great A ice where the chances are going to be. So I think a good step in the right direction. But again, where exactly does he fit? I still think it's unlikely that, like, he's going to supplant, like, Coil, let's say, like, in camp and be like a 2C, I think. I'd be curious to see what happens on, you know, this game on Thursday. Maybe if Coyle's still out, which I think they want to ease him into actual preseason games. Maybe this is an opportunity for, you know, all right, let's see what we really have. You know, let's put Seneca in between Hall and Smith and see what we got there. I could see that being being the case. But uh, probably the more likely scenario, if he does break camp as, as a center, what you're probably going to see is maybe he supplants Howla, who also in his own right looked very good in the first game. But it's a good problem yeah. to have, right? Like, let's say Sidnika slots in at 3C with, uh, you know, with DeBrusque and either or of, of Howell or Felino, and one of those other guys gets bumped down to the fourth line. Good problem to have, right? So, uh, again, is that going to be the most likely scenario? I still err more on the side of they stick with some of the veteran guys they signed in the offseason. But we can be talking about this a week from now, and if Sidnika – had us, you know, three points with Hall and Smith in, on Thursday, and he keeps on racking up points. Who knows, right? I mean, so far, in terms of passing that first test, I think he did. It's all about how he kind of builds off of it with this window that he has where, you know, there's going to be reps available during the preseason. He's got to make the most of them. Yeah, I also think, you know, and I mentioned this, I think, on last Poke the Bear, you know, it, it it's also good that he's doing well because then maybe you can trade him. You, you, you know, that's a piece of someone who has value. Um, and the other thing is, you know, obviously he's, he, he did great uh, Tuesday night against the Rangers. I think another thing is it's going to get more important 
as things goes as things go along because the lineups are going to be better. They're going to be more closer in the preseason to a regular season lineup, which is what you want to see him dominate against. You know, um, the Rangers obviously didn't have their normal top six out there. That was not you know it was kind of like a little bit of an AHL lineup. Uh, but I do think that ultimately, um, you know, kind of going that long uh, with the preseason is good. Another thing I just thought of, and, and this was what was kind of tripping me up there for a second. I, you know how you mentioned uh, <laughs> players like saying they're in the best shape of their life? Imagine like the first reporters ever, like the first sports reporters, like the first year that, I don't know, sports reporters like, existed. And they're like a, a team's training camp. And they're like, damn, Jim, can you believe it? Every single player. Because they're in the best shape of their life. This team's going to be a wagon this year. They're going to win every game. Less, lessons learned in the early stages of sports journalism. Before before hot takes permeated uh, the entire the entire market. That's when you can like, get away with being like everyone's everyone's looking in really good shape. We're going we're going to the cup. Reporters are talking to each other at like games. They're like, you know, it's funny. They were saying they were in the best shape of their life, and the reporters like, well, the team I cover said they're in the best shape of their life too. This is crazy. It's like the, the whole the, playoff the, beard the, thing. The, the Toronto media is like, nah, this guy's fat. Like this guy is. <laughs> well, I measured, his, I measured his BMI myself. Now he's just tacked <laughs> on some pounds. They're gonna have a ball with Nick Ritchie up there. Mm. Um, but it's like the playoff beard thing. If every team's doing playoff beards, who's it really benefiting? Um. Anyways, another guy who's fighting for a lineup spot is John Moore. Remember him? Remember John Moore? John Moore is back in the fold. Uh, and two games th- so far, he he's looked okay. He's looked good, serviceable. What have you thought? Yeah, no, I thought he's been actually pretty solid the last couple of games. Again, we haven't had, you know, like the the McAvoys, the Kalos, a few of those guys in the lineup. So he's gotten, Moore has gotten quite a few, you know, top four minutes. I think he's had over 20 minutes of ice time per game. And so far, so good. I mean, again, as we've said, you've got to, you know, measure expectations when it comes to how guys fare in the preseason. But, I mean, one, it's just a good thing in general for his career that he's back on the ice and healthy as much as I think, you know, there's concern on whether, you know, how his play style fits in and whether he has the the ability to be a a full-time regular on this Bruins team. I think, you know, one thing you have to be aware of is the fact that he's also dealt with quite a few injuries over the last couple of years. I mean... I think people forgot that, you know, it's sometimes easy to be like, oh, what happened to John Moore? You know, you didn't really notice it last year because he only played, I think, five games. But he missed, you know, five, six months on the shelf with, I think, a hip surgery. So um, good for him just to be healthy. And, uh, you know, if John Moore plays to his level or, or shows that he's a serviceable guy, again, good problem to have for the Bruins. Is he going to leapfrog someone? Uh, I don't think so, especially on the left side. I think the left side is set, right, with – with forward and Grizzlick and Riley, but if Moore is your seventh defenseman and can slot in when needed and proves that he can be a reliable guy in that role, or who knows? Uh, I think he played a little bit on the right side on, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, and you can also, you know, if he, if he fits into the right side and can play those minutes, who knows, maybe he puts himself in the picture where he's either pushing Clifton or, you know, again, as a seventh D he can slot into that spot. So, I think expectations have to be realistic with more. I don't think all of a sudden, you know, now that he's healthy, he's going to be a 40 point guy or he's going to be maybe the guy that they thought they had when they signed him to that five year deal uh, way back when. But um, still, I think it's nothing but good news from the Bruins and Moore's perspective that for at least he's healthy. He's looking solid so far, um, you know, moving his feet, which I think more when he's at his best is, you know, he's a great skater. So when he's moving his feet and being assertive, um, that, that's when his value kind of really shows on the ice. So 
if we get to the part of the season where the year opens up and he's the seventh D or he's pushing Clifton, again, good problem to have and helps out a Bruins decor that, while intriguing, also I think needs some uh, you know suitable contingency plans in place in case for injury or what have you. Yeah, if for injury, and again, if he's your seventh defenseman, your seventh defenseman last year was Stephen Camper. And that's an, I think that's an upgrade. I think John Moore is probably an upgrade over Stephen Camper. So in that regard, fine. You know, and, and again, you're going to have injuries. Moore is going to get time. He could push Clifton. I'm interested to see how a guy like John Moore kind of fits in with this team. Um, and again, I think it's different than Stadnika, obviously, because Stadnika, I don't really know the roster spot he has. John Moore is just going to be seventh defense, but like, I don't, as you said, I don't think he's going to win a job. He's not going to be your fifth or sixth. He's your seventh, uh, defenseman. Moving on in the lineup, Fabian Lysel looks good out there. I think he can come into Boston this year and put up uh, 80 points, you know, maybe trade Pasternak. Now's the time. Uh, but anyways, Fabian Lysel looked good alongside uh, Jack Stadnika and Jesper Froden on Tuesday. On uh, Sunday, he played with uh, – it was still Froden, well, right? But and, it was Lauko. Uh, Lauko. And Lauko. Uh, where is his game at? I mean, I think the the – the eye test says, you know, he's good. He's been good on the North American sheet, but he's going to need some time up in Vancouver with the WHL. Yeah, I still think that's the plan. Um, maybe it's, I think probably the perception before this preseason was like, we'll give him some reps. We'll see how he does. He's 170 pounds soaking wet. Uh, he's going to get knocked off the puck a lot. So going to the preseason, it's like, you know, we'll get him a game, maybe two, uh, see how he does just getting his feet wet and then get him ready for the WHL. I don't know if maybe that conversation has changed a little bit where I still think he goes to Vancouver, but I think maybe Bruins top brass, right? Like this guy can play. I mean, that's what Bruce Cassidy's kind of comments have been the last couple of days is for as much as I think when you're evaluating a player like that, you have to keep expectations in check and be aware of what his strengths are. I think it's impressive for a guy like Lysel, who's 18 that already, you know, at this stage of his career where he's already going to get better, but he knows at 18 years old, where his strengths are and is using that to his advantage to try to get it to take advantage of, you know, bigger, stronger, older, you know, competition in the NHL. So whether that's, you know, using his feet to, uh, you know, help with transition plays, he had a couple of really good plays in the prospect challenge where he's using his feet to, uh, you know, shield, shield the, the puck from guys pressuring up high, making space for himself, uh, you know, driving to the net, um, you saw the play in transition with him and Stanika, which led to a goal from Stanika. So uh, the talent's there. I think there's there's no uh, question about that. I think he's a very talented player that's going to have a very promising career in front of him. But I think from the Bruins' perspective, I think the the most impressive takeaway is the fact that he's already, you know, he's not like this guy who we know he's fast, we know he's skilled, and he's just using, you know, he's just, you know, skating out there with no purpose. Or, you know, he's using the kind of, you know, tool set that he has already to take advantage of, you know, the matchups that still might be a little bit, you know, a tier above what he's used to, which I think is impressive for a guy that age that he, he's still showing that. Um, and other, you know, he is defensive game. Obviously he's going to have to work on the finer details up in the North American game, but uh, he had a really good back check, I think on, on Tuesday against the Rangers. So as a whole, I think you have to be very impressed with just what he's shown so far and, is he still going to the WHL? I think so, but it's not as, you know, slam dunk, I think maybe as it was over these last two games. And who knows, maybe if Lysel gets another game and we go from there and see whether they think that he can really hold his own in the AHL because right now it might be a little bit of a mismatch, but 
he's one, he's a very talented player. And two, he looks like he's a very smart player that he knows how to, you know, hold his own against competition. That's a little bit more advanced for him at this stage of his career. Yeah. And you mentioned it. He's not skating around aimlessly. You know, we know he's yeah. fast, you know, his skill, but he's not just out there kind of, you know, just dilly dallying, so to speak. Uh, he's doing real things. He's putting himself in good positions. He's helping his line mates. I mean, he had a nice pass on the goal that Sadinka scored, uh, Tuesday night. So it's the little things like that. Um, but yeah, you're right. Not exactly a safe bet that uh, Fabian Lysel is heading to Vancouver. Probably will, but not exactly the safest bet. But when we're talking the safest bet, there's only one place. And what place is that, Connor? Evan, it's BetUS. So listen up, sports bettors. This is Connor Ryan here to tell you about my favorite sports book, and that's BetUS. Football is back. The Red Sox are holding on for dear life from the Mariners. Of all friggin' teams. <sighs> the Bruins and Celtics are back at training camp, and it's time to get in on the action. I only endorse one sports book, and that's BetUS.com. Why do you ask? Because BetUS has been America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. 25 years. That's like double Fabian Lysel's age. Listen, Triple guys. mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well said, Evan. These guys have been in the business for a long time, and they know their stuff. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sportsbook that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets. And they will walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than BetUS, so join now. Check out the multiple offers they have on the table, and you can get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit when you use promo code BSJ. That's promo code BSJ. Evan, people are saying on Twitter, in person, in the brush, in the no brush. one beats that. Nobody beats that. It's hard to beat it. No one beats that. <laughs> Coming out I, of the brush. Out of the brush. <laughs> that, always gets, that will always get me. I bet at BetUS, and so should you. That's BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book. Again, enter promo code BSJ, that's BSJ, when you sign up at BetUS.com, and you can get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. BetUS.com, where the game begins. I like how you have to say uh, BSJ, that's promo code BSJ. You never know, <laughs> man. Anything else. You never know. <laughs> B-E-E-S-J-Y. The Sometimes it gets, all, it gets all mumbled, you know, it gets all messed up. I got to make sure the people know where to go when they go to BetUS.com. Oh, all for it, yes. Um, uh, anyways, the fourth line, uh, or what we think will be the fourth line, Frederick Nosek and Lazar had their first preseason game uh, Tuesday night, had some penalties, uh, wasn't the greatest uh, showing for them in the beginning. Uh, where do you think they stand at this point? Yeah, and could I mean, they potentially get broken up as time goes along? Yeah, I think it's that's definitely on the table. I think they're definitely a work in progress. And when you look at a guy like Wagner, who's on maybe on the outside looking in right now, a guy like Lauco, maybe um, you obviously have Bleed Hughes. Uh, a few of these other guys, um, Carson Coleman, Carson Coleman. Yeah. We can go through Oscar Steen. You got a whole bunch of guys <laughs> so that, are, many. Yeah, that are vying so for many. that spot, which again, is a good problem to have for the Bruins where you're not automatically penciling in Frederick, Nosek and Lazar as the go-to guys. If they're not uh, playing up to their abilities and you saw, you know, some promise in that game against the Rangers. Um, I think especially Nosek was very, very good. I don't think 
I have much of a qualm with the way he played. Um, shot first guy. He had seven shots on goal. Um, was, you know, active on the forecheck, was, you know, behind the net, was doing the things that I think you need in terms of getting a little bit more offensive pop from that unit, uh, you know, winning puck battles and then planting himself in front. Uh, I don't think that fourth line is going to score a lot of highlight real goals, but if it's crashing the net, if it's, you know, putting yourself in that gray ice, good things tend to happen, right? And I think no six a shot for a guy that's going to help that unit. Now, who kind of fits in on the wing? I think that's probably the bigger question mark because um, I think you saw a lot of lack of cohesion with that whole unit as a whole. Um, you know, Lazar had a, a bad turnover that eventually led to that Panarin breakaway goal against Kyle Kaiser. Um, Frederick, you know, really wasn't that active in terms of a guy that I think you'd like to see. One, we've talked about with Frederick. Everyone loves him. Everyone loves that he drops the gloves in his ornery. Um, but he didn't look like a guy who was, you know, fighting to add, you know, a lot of energy or fighting for a spot in the lineup. Like he, he had a little chat with Ryan Reeves, but wasn't throwing his weight around really. Um, Cassidy said after the game that, um, he wasn't moving his feet nearly enough and you need more of that. So, uh, hopefully that's a wake up call for Frederick if he gets another game in terms of being more active. Cause it's only the fact that, I mean, we've gone through the requirements for Frederick, right? Where he needs to be more, you know, uh, productive in the offensive zone. Again, not asking for 20 goals, but if he ends a year with 82 games and has 10 goals and 16 points, you'll take it, right? That's, it. That's uh, all you need. So you need that. And, but also it's not just the, you know, being a flying the ointment. You also need to throw your weight around and be active on the forecheck, moving your feet. Didn't see enough of that yesterday. So I think right now you have to be encouraged by what you have with a guy like no sick in the middle. And then you have to, over the next couple of games, just find where those pieces fit. Maybe it's Frederick and Lazar, and it was just, uh, uh, you know, shaking the rust off in their first preseason game together. But, again, fourth line, very complicated in, in terms of the number of guys you have out there. But a good problem to have if you've got Nosek kind of penciled in there and you have multiple other guys hungry and trying to get a spot around him. See, and this is the thing, like with the with the Frederick aspect of things, you know, Cassidy's very trigger happy when it comes to these lines, especially with younger guys. With all the options he has, we named him before: Oscar Steen, Carson Kuhlman, Jacob Lauko, Chris Wagner. Uh, I mean, the list can go on and on with guys who you have that can fit in there. If you are the three, if you're Nosek, Frederick, and Lazar, you have to know that you could lose your job at any second. Like, the, and and for Frederick to kind of come out. Uh, last night, and again, it's the first game, the first preseason game. I'm not going to get you know so on and pour it, but to not have that energy and that fire, and to be doing those little things right, is concerning because it's like, no, you know that your job is not set. You know, you're not a top six fixture. You are fighting for a spot, uh, or fighting to keep your spot uh, on that fourth line. So I do think that it is a little concerning. But it, again, it's first game, first game, not overreacting for good things, not overreacting for bad things. Uh, as I tweeted before the first game, I said, hey, who wants to overreact? It's always fun to overreact to preseason games. So I guess that, that is the fun things. Um, so encouraging starts, though, for Jake DeBrusque and Eric Halla. Uh, both of those guys looked really good in the game against Washington on Sunday night. Jake DeBrusque had a goal, the shootout winner as well. Uh, he was kind of all over the place. And uh, Halla was good as well. Uh, those two being on a line together. I think one thing I want to see is Felino next to those mm-hmm. two guys. I think I want to see how he compliments them. Because, again, Hala has has some speed. Jake DeBrusque has that finishing ability. How does Nick Felino kind of work with those two guys? How do you expect uh, Nick Felino to sort of work with those guys? Yeah, I think for him it's kind of just playing a simple game. I think 
we've heard a lot already, and it's one of those things where not much of a surprise. Players in the room love Nick Foligno, what he brings. Uh, seems Funny like a faces. Great guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's great. He's a great quote, which I think we all appreciate already. Um, high character guy. Um, but again, you also need him to contribute on the ice to, to help that team, especially if regardless of kind of what Sidnika fits into the mix of, let's say the third line to start the air is DeBrusque, Howla, and Felino. You've got a lot of potential with that line, and you need that line to hopefully produce. Now, again, we're not saying DeBrusque 30 goals, and Howla is going to be Eric Howla from that first year in Vegas where he almost had 30 goals, right? But yeah, you've, nice. got, <laughs> you've got a mix there of, one, guys who are talented, guys who are due for bounce-back years in some capacity, and I think Felino can be a very good compliment on that on that line. You know, it's... For him, it's, I think it's more or less just playing the simple game. I think for him, it's being effective on the forecheck, throwing his weight around. I think you've got, you know, you've got the pieces in place for a very intriguing line that can be very effective in the offensive zone, especially. I think DeBrusque is probably the finisher on that line, but Howla has a good shot, uh, very good face-off guy, um, which could maybe help his cause a little bit in terms of really carving out that 3C spot if Stanika pushes for it. Um but I think, yeah, for Felino, it's all about some of the, the simple things, you know, that I think may not even lead to a, a secondary helper or anything like that, but can, you know, set the, the groundwork and begin the sequence that leads to a promising chance, whether that's, you know, uh, getting, you know, mucking things up down in the, down in the crease or winning a puck battle along the wall or stuff like that. I think if he complements that line effectively and it's not like, you know, square pegs and round holes in terms of how that line fits, you have the potential for a very effective line. And I think you have to be encouraged by what DeBrusque and Howla showed in that first game, especially DeBrusque, right? Where I think for him, it's all about confidence and, you know, you know, being confident in his own ability. And so for him to score that goal, uh, you know, in regulation, get that shootout winner. And I think kind of similar to Sidnika where the production getting rewarded is good to see, but I think the eye test was going to be the more encouraging thing because for DeBrusque, it was a lot of what you saw, uh, from him during the the years where we thought this guy was going to be a lock to be a 30 goal score down the road, where again, it's not changing the formula or doing anything crazy. It's for a guy like him who has a nose for the net. It's just, uh, you know, getting down low, uh, putting yourself in spots to knock in rebounds, tip pucks, uh, you know, Clifton drives to the net on that goal leads to a good chance, loose puck. He, he knocks it home. Like that's what you need from DeBrusque in that role, especially in that third line where are they going to be the flashiest Probably not, but if Felino is mucking things up, if he's creating chances, if there's rebounds to be had, you need a guy like DeBrus to one, be down there, and two, to be finishing those chances. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, like, I'm excited to see sort of the impact, the veteran impact Felino has on Jake DeBrusque, uh, with that line, because I think it can be helpful. Um, and the same, same with a guy like Howla, um, on DeBrusque as well. You kind of hit on all the points with DeBrusque. Now let's get to the goaltending. We'll end the show on the goaltending. Uh, Olmark lets in two, correct? Yes. Uh, yep. On 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 Tuesday night, and then Swayman let in one, 18 saves on 19 shots. So they obviously it's like it, back in youth days, they split the games. You know, yes. it's like when they have one goalie goes in for the first half, and then you know the middle of the second period, the other goalie comes in. Obviously, this was a little bit different. But um, do you have any big concerns? Any outstanding? I mean, you know, Swayman had some nice saves on Sunday. Kyle Kaiser had a really nice stop. Mm-hmm. Um, on Tuesday night, is there anything that's sticking out to you that was concerning, that was good? Yeah, I don't think there's anything too wild. I think it's probably too early to have hot takes on on these goalies. I think 
This both of them, it's to be, yeah, it's to be expected them <laughs> to be shaking some of the rust off. I think both guys had some issues early on with rebounds. I think Swimman really kind of tidied it up uh, after he let up that first goal. I think he let up a goal on maybe his second shot against mm-hmm. the game, and then he stopped, I think, 17 straight after that. So he locked in. When that um, one went in, I was like, oh, here we go. Here comes yeah. that second year, you know, yeah, tremendous. Exactly. Uh, but I think Swimman especially looked very, very good. Uh, he's so good, especially moving laterally where he seals off the post and stops those chances. Um, he denied, I think, Lars Eller for a chance. And mm-hmm. was Olmark as shot? Probably not. I mean, he still had a few more rebounds that you'd like for him to control. But, again, I'm not putting too much stock into half of a game, especially for him. It was a bit of a weird game anyway where, uh, you know, Let's up a goal off of a sick feed from Panarin, uh, you know, loose puck in front that Vac and I can't tie up leads to a goal. And then kind of had that lull in the first period, right? I don't think he faced a shot on goal for about, I think he faced one shot on goal for about 13 minutes. So kind of a, a weird game in general, right? It's, I'd like to see maybe how he fares when you've got uh, a full game under his belt and probably against tougher competition, more NHL regulars in the lineup, which I imagine you're going to see. Bruce Cassidy said that. He wants to see both uh, Olmark and Swayman get into full game before the preseason ends. So too early to give, you know, uh, hot and cold takes or, or guys, you know, stock how they fit. Uh, I still think Olmark probably has the edge in terms of who's the 1A going into the regular season. But good problem to have. Again, once again, this team, it's going to be, I think, maybe the mantra of, of the season is good problems to have in terms of how these pieces kind of fall into place. Yeah, and Holmark uh, has the dark pads, so that's something different. Uh, and he also makes a lot more money, so that's definitely going to be a big reason why he opens the season uh, as the one. I, yeah, I don't really have any hot takes on the goalies. Again, like I, you can't overreact with those things, especially considering they're not playing full games. That it's their first games. Obviously, rebound control is not going to be uh, as good as you want it. But again, if this is an issue in late October, then we're going to have a different conversation. Right. Um, but anyways, that is Poke the Bear episode 63. Uh, Connor, before we go, uh, what can the people look forward to over at BSJ? Yeah, we're going to continue to break down, give uh, takeaways and all that good stuff from the rest of these preseason games. Still got four on the docket, including two mm-hmm. later this week. So uh, we'll be back over at the Garden for the first time since uh, a few of those Islanders games. Uh, so we could be back over on, uh, on Causeway Street. So We'll have all reaction from those games. We'll be looking at maybe doing a stock watch in terms of how guys are moving up or down the, the depth chart and how they've fared so far in the in the preseason. So we'll have all that over at BSJ. So subscribe to bostonsportsjournal.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Remember those Islander games? Our reaction after every game was just like, how are they losing? And then it would How be like people losing? on YouTube commenting to me like, you guys, you guys are frauds, man. You guys Islanders <laughs> respect. I'm like, how the, you gotta, fuck, how the fuck did you find Bruins ringside? Seriously. Like what? It was the same with the Blues. I remember when um that was all happening and uh, Bruins ringside wasn't a thing then. It was just the CLNS media YouTube page. And they would always get on us. They'd get on me for looking like I was 12, which I mean, I can't sit here and debate. I mean, you're right. Like, oh, what's this little kid doing on the ice? Um, but yeah, no, I just remember the Islanders things us after every game being like, how did they lose that game? Uh, because they would outshoot them like 50 to 15 and then lose. But anyways, hoping for better things, uh, upcoming. So I mean, it's preseason, so who cares? Um, anyways, that is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week. <laughs>